0: The, line they have. the ball comes back to Stewart. they throw it across the line, it comes to Linda, back inside it comes to Lyons, he's away from one goal. then the ball back to Stewart. they've got an overlap, Stuart's on straight through, he comes to halfway, where are the winners? He's up over halfway, he's looking for Reading House, he's still going to he's going Hello and welcome to the All Things Rugby League podcast. I'm here with NRL in my opinion. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, pretty good yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Well, let's get straight into it. The top eight, uh, we're finally in finals. Um, look, it's been a crazy season for for a footy. What do you think, what are, what are your thoughts on this season?
1: Uh, a lot of people have been down on it uh, because of the, the Queensland bubble and everything and all the COVID controversies that's gone along with it, and look, there's been a lot of com- to complain about. But honestly, I-, I can only speak for myself. And sitting down and watching most of the games this season, they've been enjoyable. Even the blowouts, um, I-, I tend to be able to find, I guess, at least something good in most games. Sure, once every couple of weeks or once around, we do have those kind of crap games, if you will. But uh, that that usually comes with every season. Some teams have got to be good, some teams have got to be bad, and that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. Well, let's go through um, the games this week. Um, the Storm and the Manly Sea Eagles. That's going to be an awesome, um, an awesome game. What are you? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, look, I think if Manly are a chance at beating Melbourne at all, it's going to be in this game. Um, I wasn't too hot on them in that game against the Storm leading into it, anyway. But they really did impress me. Um, I feel like if Manly get to a grand final it's against Melbourne, I feel like they might be a bit outclassed. I personally think in a grand final, the only team who could beat Melbourne are Penrith just because they've been there last year and they've already experienced it and they've they've grown and they've learnt. Um, But yeah, I feel like if Manly are to beat Melbourne at any point this season, uh, it's going to be this game. With that being said, though, I'm still going to lean towards Melbourne. They're the minor premiers. They are record tyres, I should say, winning... Uh, 19 games on the trot. So, yeah, I am going to stick with Melbourne here as the safe tip. But I see a lot of people like getting and kind of lead the underdog. Um, but I, I'm sticking firm with the favourites here.
0: Yeah, no, I'd have to agree, agree with you on that one. I, I, I personally, I, I see Melbourne winning this game. They've just got a really powerful side. Now, there was rumours at the start of the week that Munster was going to miss it. Um, and look, if he was out, that would really change things. But he's in the side. But... Um, so, yeah, I, I personally, I, I think that um, Melbourne do win this one. I think Manly are definitely the underdogs and the, and the um, dark horses in this in this final series. I reckon they could definitely pull a win. Um, just looking at their side now, some of the players you don't even talk about. Ruben Garrick, Harper, um, Saab, Kieran Foran's had an amazing year. Um, Jake Dvorovic, he puts in every, every single game and he's made Origin. I mean, yeah, that Manly, they just have a really great side. And just that inclusion of Tom Travojevic, I mean, damn, fuck. they really are the dark horses of this competition.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's go on to the next game. Uh, roosters and the Titans. Who have you got for that one?
1: Uh, well, I am a Gold Coast Titan supporter. However, I am going to tip the Roosters here. Um, as a Titans fan, I'm glad that they've made the top eight. Uh, it's the first time in five years. That's an achievement in itself. But mm. uh, look, I'm going to sit back, relax, watch this one with no expectations. Uh, there are people who I've seen that are saying this will be a close one or that they are going to tip the underdog in this one as well and go with the Titans. But And, and the reason that they... Uses the injuries well the roosters sure there have been games that where they've been absolutely decimated by some of the top teams due to the injuries in their squad however i believe they've still got what it takes to beat the titans uh unfortunately for the titans so i'm going to go to the roosters in this one at first i was thinking a bit of a space job i will respect my titans a bit and say it, it, it's not an absolute flogging but i feel like the roosters will still win this one relatively easily yeah, oh, look, I, I'm, I'm gonna
0: go with um, the people that you've heard. I'm, I'm actually gonna say it's gonna be quite a close one, to be honest. I mean, for the Titans to, to put forty um, on, uh, I think it was. Let me go back. It was the Bulldogs. They, oh sorry, it was the Warriors. Sorry, they put they put forty on the Warriors. Um, gee, uh, just to do that just before finals, and that to. to that, I think that just shows that they're, they're a real um, contender in this final series. Um, look, Jaden Campbell's had an amazing year filling in for AJ Brimson. You've got... Um, oh, I'm just trying to look at this side and name some players for you. You've got uh, Fodawako who's had an unbelievable season. Um, you've got David Vefito who's just started coming off the bench and he's been a really good impact for them um, in that role. Um, look, that it's it's not certain that the Roosters will win, but I definitely think it will be um, an interesting game. I do like I do like the Titans' chances and I do like the Roosters' chances, so I actually can't sit here and pick, but if, look, gun to my head, I'm going to have to go with the Roosters for this one.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree. Too strong.
0: Yeah. Um, Panthers and South. Me being a South supporter, I'm praying that we don't get flogged in this one. Um, I do like, I do like, um, the south side, though, I think Blake Taff has played some really good footy. Cody Walker and, and Adam Reynolds have just been really dynamic in the halves. They've had absolutely fantastic seasons, the both of them. Um, Cameron Murray, his origin stint was unreal. Um, Damian Cook really underrated this season, the things that he's done. he's quite He's been quite good as well. Um, and Benji's played a really good role off the bench there as well and filling in um, through injuries and, and, and origin. Look, Souths look really good at the moment. I just think Penrith will be too strong. What about you? What do you What do you think about this game?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. I'm not tipping a space job uh, similar to what Penrith were able to notch up um, against South Sydney earlier this year, the first time they played. Uh, but I feel like Penrith... I feel like this is probably the easiest game to tip. unfortunately, for the Bunnies. Luttrell's a big out because Latrell coming out does not only mean, um, you know, you've got Blake Taft going in at fullback, but you lose a bit of your strike. They've really only got now in terms of a strike player, Alex Johnston, that the Panthers need to worry about. And if so South Sydney are going to win this one, it's really going to be up the middle. And an issue that South Sydney have had is that their forwards are just not as big as the four packs of Emel. Um So, yeah, I, I'd say that South Sydney have got to win it up the middle. But that that's easier said than done because you're going up against the likes of Tevita Penguard Jr., Uh, James Fisher, Harris, so on and so forth. Whereas South Sydney, I'd say their form forward this season, some people may laugh at me, but those people probably haven't been watching many South games. Their form forward is probably Mark Nichols, who has had an amazing season, the Professor, arguably the best season of his career. So I guess if South Sydney are to win this game, he's going to be a crucial component of that team. Do I see it happening, though? No, I'm going to go Penner for probably 13-plus, but I'm going to respect South Sydney and say that Penner
0: don't win by more than 20. Um, Yeah, even being a South supporter, I guess I have to agree with you on that one. Um, And then the final game of the finals, we've got the Eels and the Knights. Jeez, um, it's actually a a, a difficult game to pick, to be honest, because the Knights are known for standing up in big games. And Clifford and Mitchell Pearce, they've been so good for the Knights this season. Um, You've got Daniel and Jacob Saifidi coming back into the side. Uh, Connor Watson, who's been really good, to be honest, for them this season. Kalen Ponga, um, who's known for stepping up in big games. The Knights have got a pretty good side. Whereas you've got the the Parramatta Eels, who won with basically a reserve-grade side uh, last week. Oh, no, didn't win. Sorry, they were close to um, coming up with a win at the start of the game, it looks like, with a reserve-grade side. But, gee, uh, it's going to be a good game. They've obviously got their big-name players coming back. You've got Gutho, um, f- uh, who else is coming back? Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, uh, Isaiah Papali'i, Junior Paulo, Maradine uh Nathan Brown, Regan Campbell-Gillard, uh, Ryan Madison's on the bench, uh, the reserve, sorry, uh, and Wonga Blake also coming back. I mean, that's some huge um, ins for the Parramatta Eels. I do see the Parramatta Eels winning this one. Um, I, I don't see the Knights winning. I think that they will, it will be a strong fight. But in the end, I, I do see Parramatta winning. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I've got to go with the Eels too. Look, if you'd asked me three to four weeks ago, I probably would have tipped Newcastle. However, uh, that win against Melbourne would have instilled a lot of confidence in Parramatta. And you're right, as in that, res- quote-unquote, reserve-grade Parramatta side played better against Penrith than they should have. Now they still got 40 put on them, but uh, that first half, especially sort of that first 20 minutes, they looked really good as in they were near Penrith's level. Um, so again, there, there would have been a bit of confidence taken out of that as well in terms of maybe a bit of depth and those first grade players who were still in that side. So I'm going to go with the Eels here. I'm going to say it's one to 12. I'm going to say this is going to be the closest game of the weekend. Um, Caelan Pong is the big X factor here for Newcastle. He's He's got points in him, so he's going to be the difference maker, I think, if Newcastle are going to win. Um, and as long as the forwards jump on the back of that, what I've noticed with Newcastle this year, especially in the first half of the season, when they were arguably you know disappointing, when they weren't as good as they should have been, it was because their forwards weren't as good as they should have been. Your Saifidi brothers weren't actually stepping up to the mark. Neither was David Clemmer. Uh, Frizzell was still good. I thought Frizzell was probably the best forward in that pack for a while. Mitch Barnett, who's a bit of an unsung hero, was actually out of form as well. So the forwards weren't playing well, but the forwards sort of started picking up towards the end of the season, really getting those run metres in, really having an impact on games and that sort of helped Newcastle cruise into seventh and lock up finals with a week to go. Um, so, you know, if, if Newcastle are going to win this game, it, it's going to be that Caelan X factor that gets them over the line, but the foundation would be built in the middle and those boys are going to step up in this one.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I think Jacob, Jacob and Daniel Saifedi are definitely the players you'd need back in order to pull that off. It is going to be a really close game. I do agree with you. I'm going to have to go with the Parramatta Eels, So uh, just with the side they've got. Um, moving on... Um expansion It's been a popular topic of discussion, not just um, in the NRL and for fans at the moment on my podcast. I think I've talked about it in about four podcasts now. Um, Yeah, wow. It's it's huge. Um, It'll be a huge change for the NRL. Um, What are your thoughts on expansion?
1: Uh, Look, personally, and I get why the NRL is doing it, it's not really expansion adding another team to Brisbane because we've already got a team there. So it's not expanding, it's yeah. adding that 17th team. And look, I understand why the NRL is doing it because it's a big market area. You're going to make some money. Um, apparently, Channel 9 are really keen on bringing in that extra Brisbane side because the idea is they want uh, two games at Suncorp, one per week instead of one every two weeks because mm. the Broncos are the biggest ratings getters of the NRL. So, so the idea there is, well, if you have one Brisbane team playing at Suncorp, uh, every two weeks, why not have one Brisbane team playing at Suncorp every week? And theoretically, uh, the ratings will come. Which at first, at least, they will. It all depends on how well this team plays. Um, but yeah, it, it it's, it's a money maker for the NRL. At the end of the day, the NRL is a business, and I'm fine with it. And a lot of people seem to be jumping on board, so I think it will be successful. Personally, with expansion though, uh, I would be going to Perth. Um, I've, done, I've actually done a lot of research into the Perth Rugby League bid and what's going on in Perth Rugby League at the moment. Well, Western Australia in general, I should say, if not for the Super League war. Now, we can't, we can't say they'd still be here today because obviously things would, would happen, but the Super League war was really the driving factor in what led to the Western Reds uh, exiting the competition So uh, that was more the driving factor, I'd say. I'd say they they would have still been there at least a a few more years, a couple to a few more years afterwards, if not for that, and who knows what would have happened. Um, But at the moment in Perth, I believe it was in 2019, uh, 2020 is obviously a little bit of a write-off because of the the pandemic and what have you, but 2019, uh, Western Australia had the biggest growth in grassroots participation in rugby league. We take a look at the games that we've taken over there. I believe it was round one, 2018 there was over 30,000 at Optus stadium for the double to kick off the season in 2019. We took origin there. It was a sellout. A lot of people like to point their. A lot of people who don't think Perth should have a team like to point their finger to the 2020 Perth Nines and say, "Oh, but look at the abysmal attendance at that tournament." Well, look at every Nines tournament that we've had. Nines tournaments are not structured to have big crowds. It's sort of people coming in and out throughout the day, um, and sort of you get people sort of piling in towards the final, towards the end there. Um, but traditionally, none of them have big crowds. I was at the World Nines. In Parramatta at the end of 2019, and there was, it wasn't even, the stadium wasn't even half full. So I don't really think you can point to that in particular. I do think there is room for a team in Perth. There are people who say, oh, but what about the time differences? At least for Fox Sports, this really uh, ties into what they would want actually because you could have a game and I need to remember what the time difference exactly is, but in winter it's two hours difference one of the ways. So I believe if you have a game on at 5:30 in Perth, yeah. it's the seventh it can be the 730 game in New South Wales. So you've actually got the game being played at a family friendly time slot in Perth. So the the crowd will be there, but it is 730 prime time viewing here in New South Wales or in Queensland or wherever people are watching from on the east coast of Australia. So I really do think a Perth team could work. The NRL are striving towards 18 teams. They've made no secret of that. So Perth is an option for the 18th team, team, although I'm hearing um, at at least through the media that New Zealand is an option, Uh, a Wellington team. I'm not Mm. too sure about that. I've just heard from people in New Zealand that I know who don't live in Auckland, that Auckland's the only place where rugby league has really been accepted. So it'd be hard mm. to base a team anywhere else, unless you're going to have a second Auckland-based club. So I- I'd go with Perth. I think Perth's probably the best option, but I understand why a Brisbane team's coming in.
0: Yeah, no, I, I actually understand that... Um. I haven't actually thought about Perth, to be honest. Um, I, I've just been focused more on the on the Brisbane side, but now that you bring that up, it's actually a really good idea. I've sort of talked about New Zealand, sort of bringing in teams like PNG, some, all that stuff as well, sort of including them more in the competition. Um, but look, yeah, you make a really good point with um, with Perth. I think that'd be a great option. The team I've got here, which I think it would be most likely... Um, to hop in the competition right now, just with all the work they've done at the moment, um, advertising their club. Obviously, they've had a few games at their stadium this season. and uh, That's the Redcliffe Dolphins, I think. They've advertised their club really well. Uh, and I think if, if there is an expansion, uh, or as you say, uh, just another team added, uh, I think the Redcliffe Dolphins would be uh, that team. Personally, I don't agree 100% with expansion, mainly with the fact that there's going to be a team missing out on a game every week, um, and it's just not going to sit well with the fans. Although, I mean, if it happens, it happens, and it, it'll be it'll be all right for the game. And as as you say, if there's if there's 17, there's got to be 18, I think as well. Um, and Perth would be a great option um, for that 18th team. Um, so I've based I've made a side based off all of the players that are off contract um, at the end of this season and into next season as well. Um, it was actually quite hard to pick because just looking at positions wise, there wasn't many players um, playing fullback, for example. Um, even center was a bit short as well. Um, but I've managed to, to uh, put a side together. Um, it wouldn't be the best side in the NRL, but it, it would still be pretty good. Um, Obviously, I've included Cameron Munster because he made a statement a few weeks ago that he'd be 50-50 on coming up there. I've just chucked him in just to add a bit of spark to the side. But I've, I've crafted this side. So let's just go through the players one by one. At fullback, I've got Corey Norman. Now, I think he's really underrated. I think he gets a lot of more hate than he deserves. Um, I think he, he, he going to a new club definitely would suit him. Uh, I think he definitely needs to get out of St. George, um in order to revive um, his career, to be honest, um, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, uh, Corey. Uh, the Dragons have actually told Corey that they won't be resigning him, and at the moment, there are two clubs rumored to be in for Corey Norman, and they are the Wigan Warriors and Catalans Dragons. So it's actually over in Super League in the UK. Mm. Nothing wrong with Super League. Um, it, it it's an exciting league. I love watching Super League. I love watching the Mm. competition, Um, but people do sort of see it as a bit of a negative moving over Mm. there. But if he's happy to move over there and he wants to go over there and play some great footy, um, expansive footy is really encouraged over there. So Mm. um, good on him if he decides to do that. But I I, I would like to see him stay in the NRL. He has, he has had a good season. I, I don't think people who've watched Dragons games can say he has had a bad season, even when, Ben Hunt was out, at least originally, with that with that first injury. I think he broke his leg the first time. He, he, mm. He's done an arm and a leg this year, poor bugger. But it, it was one of the injuries uh, towards the start of this year. And uh, there were questions over whether the Dragons could sustain their form because at the time, they were winning a lot of games. Mm. Um, but Corey Norman sort of pulled the side together. And while they weren't as good, he at least kept that stability there. Um, and I thought that was good. And it sort of helped them ride that wave of Ben Hunt being out originally. Obviously, things happen down the line. They end up dropping off and missing the top eight. But I, I really wouldn't put that down to any fault of Corey Normans, um, even though the club have told him that they're moving on. Um, so, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him get a, an opportunity at an NRL side, even if it's an expansion side or um, that Redcliffe Dolphin side.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I think he's a he's a fantastic player. Um it'd be a bit chilly over there in the Super League, but I think he'd suit them well. Um, yeah, no, but I've got him at, at fullback on my side. I, I couldn't really put him anywhere else. Um with some of the other players that were off contract and there were really no other fullbacks um that I could chuck in there. And I, I was just I just thought, well, he can play fullback. I may as well just chuck him in that role. I think he'd play alright there, um, nevertheless. At the number two, I've got George Tafua. Now he's just freakish. Um, yeah, he's a very good defensive winger. I could definitely say that. Um, I think he'd be great in an expansion side. Um, what are your thoughts on George Tafua?
1: Yeah, I, I don't really think he's played much NRL this year. I know he was playing in the New South Wales Cup. Well, he's always been seen as a hard hitter. Uh, he brings that NRL experience to his side. So it's not like you're you're grabbing at a rookie if might not be ready. We know that George Tafua is ready. Uh, the only real reason... I guess he's not playing for Manly. It's just because of that bit of depth that they've got there. Um, you've got Garrick and Saab starting over in who have played well this season. So I don't really think it's any fault of Tufuus necessarily. I haven't seen too much of him this year in New South Wales Cup. I've seen a couple of games. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a solid signing, especially because we've got to be cap compliant and we've got to, you know, take into account the salary cap and how much we're actually going to be able to spend on players here. Um, I think mm. he would be a bit of a possibly a bit of a bargain buyer. Someone you'd get on the cheap, but someone again with that NRL experience with that big game experience, so I like it.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I had to include him in my side. On the other wing, a bit more NRL experience as well. I've got Blake Ferguson. Now um I'm pretty sure that he's not re-signing with the Parramatta eels The West Tigers no. are rumored to get him. Um But yeah i think he'd be a great signing as well
1: yeah well blake ferguson it's interesting you you bring up that the tigers are interested it's interesting that you bring up west because uh the western force the super rugby team uh their chairman i believe it is has actually confirmed that they are trying to sign blake ferguson um and in a quote from him, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll paraphrase. I won't exactly quote, but he basically said he thinks if he went over to rugby union, he'd be playing for the Wallabies that he was that good. So we'll see what happens there with Blake Ferguson. If they're that high on him, they might be splashing the cash. So we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, he's had a good season when he's played. He was injured for a bit and then dropped, not due to form, but I think realistically because Brad Arthur going forward wants to play with the win combination. Mm. Of Mike Casebo and Hayes Dunster. So we sort of held out on him a bit there until he realistically had to bring him in towards the end of the season. But he had a good year for a go.
0: Yeah, no, totally. He's definitely improved um, this year. He's had a great season, to be honest, when he has played. I think you're definitely right about that. Uh, I think in an expansion side, he'd go really well um, as well. In the centres, um, number three, I've got Dylan Walker. I think he's super super underrated. I think he's had a great season this year. Um, I think he'd be great at centre um, for this expansion side. Um, again, I couldn't really put him anywhere else. Um, again, with all the other players that are off contract. Um, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on Dylan Walker? Yeah, Dylan Walker.
1: Um, he's had a decent year, I'll agree. Um, I think... He's a bit out of shape when he's played anywhere other than centre, really. I think there was a period this year he played at fullback and wasn't that great. Uh, he's a solid first-grade centre, and I mm-hmm. think he'd still be a solid first-grade centre for uh, an expansion side, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the other one I've got here, also from the Manly Seagulls. Now, it's been a bit strange that he hasn't been in the starting side. He's a piece of absolute powerhouse, and that's Moses Surley. Um the game he had this season, I think it was when um, Manly. I'm not sure who they were versing, but they were just playing champagne footy out there, and they were pre- pretty much scoring tries every five minutes. I think he scored. Um, I think it was two tries. He was. He's. He's an absolute weapon. Like he's. He's. He. He definitely deserves to be in that starting side for Manly, and if not, he'd be a great pickup.
1: Yeah, I love to watch Moses Suli play. Again, it's one of those things where. There's just that bit of depth there. So he hasn't consistently been able to get into that side. There are actually reports that he, and I've not heard anything for a couple of weeks, but there are actually reports. He has signed a big deal with the dragons. Funnily enough, it's not confirmed or anything. So wow. um, putting him in the aside is still safe for now, but the report is that he signed with the dragons, but, um, and he'll start there. He'll start there for sure. Um, so, yeah, Moses Soorley, I think he'd be a great signing for this team. He's still young. He's still got years left in him, and he's already displayed great talent, and I think
0: he's 22, 23. So, mm. yeah, great signing. Yeah, um, totally. Are. I think I had to put him in this side. Um, he's one of the centres off contract at the moment. That is in great form. And if he does go to the Dragons, that is a very good signing by them. I think the Dragons are in a bit of a rebuild phase at the moment, and I think that signing's a great start. Um for their rebuild phase. Um, in the halves, so at 5'8", I've got Cameron Munster. Now, he's not off contract, um, but he did say um, in a press conference, or I think it was an interview with the media, he did say he uh, was keen to go to the expansion side. I was like, it was a bit 50-50 on it. What are your thoughts on Cameron Munster?
1: Uh, well, obviously, a world-class player. This season, up until about, I'd say, around 20 or so, I think he was a bit... I, I, think he was having a relatively poor season for him. Uh, Jerome Hughes was really stepping up, though, for Melbourne and making it up. But but Munster's come back into his form um, Mm. at the right time towards the end of the season here. I do think it is a possibility. So at the moment, this expansion site's coming in 2023. It looks like it might be moved to 2024 just because of the COVID situation. He is off contract at the end of 2023. So if the team comes in 2024, that's perfect. He can just sign and jump over. However, I think there is a possibility that he could go early and that Bellamy would be willing to release him at the end uh, of 2022 if this slide was coming in. One, I think he does want to move back to Queensland. And two, there, a, a little while ago, when the whole situation in origin with the kicking situation and then it happening again against the Warriors, the alleged kicking, et cetera, um, and the charges he got for that, apparently that really... Uh, upset Craig Bellamy Craig Bellamy is a no-nonsense guy um, and of course Munster's got a bit of a history go back to the 2018 grand final for kicking out at some when he got in twice he does have a bit of a, an aggressive streak and apparently that's something that Craig Bellamy really doesn't like about Cameron Munster because I think Craig Bellamy at least originally saw him as the man taking over the captaincy from Cameron Smith that didn't happen because of these sort of issues so and Bellamy's a smart man So I think Bellamy, if the opportunity came for Munster to leave a year early at the end of 2022 and go to this team in 2023, if that's when they're coming in, don't be surprised if Craig Bellamy would actually be open to doing so. He may not be coached at the time, obviously he's coaching in 2022 and then he's still contracted to Melbourne. And then they're going to discuss possibly moving to a new role, which would likely be coaching director, but he'd still have his say, obviously, and, I wouldn't be surprised. Look, I think this one, out of everyone mentioned, I think this one's the most likely to happen for this expansion team for all the names being thrown up. This has to be the most likely one, and they're going to need a marquee signing coming in, uh, like a Melbourne Storm setup. This team's going to be set up to succeed. Um, I'm not talking a premiership in the first year, but within the first five years, they have to be making finals Mm. consistently, consistently. and that's that Melbourne storm set up. Obviously, Melbourne won the comp in their second year in the competition, um, but mm. I feel like the NRL will set this Brisbane team up to succeed, and they're going to need that big marquee signing, and I think it's going to be Ken Munster.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say that, actually. Like, Melbourne, um, when they were brought into the comp second year, they they came in, they won the comp, obviously. Um, it actually does set a bit of a high standard, to be honest, for this club um, uh, coming into the competition, but... Um, Yeah, but I think if they sign Cam Munster, then they're on their way to potentially making the finals. um, At halfback, now, I don't know what you're going to say about this one. I personally, I like him as a player. I think um, he's been fantastic for the Dogs when he has played. Uh, And that's Lachlan Lewis. Uh, I I think he's uh, been fantastic when he has played. I think he's got that really good off-the-cuffs sense about him, but he can sort of also bring it back. Um, and play a bit more of a structured game. What are your thoughts on Lock and Lewis?
1: Yeah, Lockie Lewis, someone still relatively young. He's not the youngest player, but he's still relatively young and um, he do, does have room to grow and he's shown great promise, really good, at least sort of 2017-18 when he was playing for the Bulldogs. He was a bit of a difference maker for them in a poor Bulldog side. He wants to stand out and then he's sort of uh, fallen down the totem pole a little bit, so to speak. Uh, but he does have a future and, look, players at, at least half sorry, I should say, um, are usually as good as their partners or their partners help lift him up. So if he's partnered with Care Master that can only do him a lot of good as well. I'd say so I'm I'm happy with his signing and he's available. I'd say he'd have to probably go to another club for a, a year or two first just so he's got that match fitness. But mm. um he is available. So yeah, be a good sign, cheap one too.
0: Yeah. Great. Uh yeah, it, it would be I think it would be a fantastic signing. Um so front rowers, um, the first one I've got here, and I think could be a real leader for this side, especially with a bit of experience in him, Aaron Woods. Um, I think he's a great player uh, and he would be a fantastic signing, for, especially for a new club. Uh, obviously, he's also rumoured to go to the Tigers as well. Um, but I do think that if he comes to this new expansion side, he'll be fantastic. So what are your thoughts um, on Aaron Woods?
1: Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, at this point, your players such as Aaron Woods will be getting on a bit, uh, so they wouldn't be there for too long. So it'd be a question of, obviously, we can only go off right now. It's a bit hard to see a couple of years in the future, but to see if he's still going sort of at the same level, because I thought, I reckon this year has been his best year at the Sharks. He sort of filtered off a little bit towards the end of the season, um, which is unfortunate because they've ended up missing out on the top eight in large part, in my opinion, due to their four-pack sort of dropping off a bit and not being as involved in games where they should have been. Yeah, I I think this would be a good signing for experience and a bit of leadership, and I can only go off of what I've seen this year. And overall, he's had a a decent year for the Sharks, probably his best season since he was at the Tigers. So, yeah, good signing.
0: Yeah, and the other front row I've got here, um, he debuted for Melbourne, uh, obviously playing for South now. They call him the GOAT, Mark Nichols. He's also off contract at the end of this season, at the start of next season. I think he's been playing all right, to be honest. Yeah, he, he doesn't take a backwards step. When I've been watching him play, I think he's fantastic. What are your thoughts on Mark Nichols?
1: Yeah, well, as I said during our predictions for this week's games, I think he's been... Uh, he's had a hell of a season there, and I think he's g- genuinely, in terms of consistency throughout the season, Cam Murray might be the only one who can sort of... Um, be another contender for this, there, but I think overall, Nichols has probably been South Sydney's best forward this year. Um, he's found himself in a starting role and he he's running for at least 100 metres per game. He, he's just a wrecking ball, he's he's hard to stop for defenders. So, um, I, I love the signing of Mark Nichols, and you know, I can pretty confidently say he'll still be giving it his all um, by 2023 or 2024 as well. Again, the age thing sort of comes into it a bit as well, but
0: you know, we, as I said, we can only go off of what we've got here and uh, I like it. Yeah, no, I think Mark Nichols would be a great signing. Um, I reckon he'd partner Aaron Woods in the, in the front row really well. Um, at Hooker, um, I'm not sure if he's leaving Canberra. Um, he is off contract at the end of the season, um, which will be an interesting one. Josh Hodson, now there's been, there has been a lot of talk that he's going to leave Canberra. Um, Brisbane has been thrown up a few times. I do think if he goes to Brisbane, he could go with the Redcliffe Dolphins, and I reckon uh, he'd be good there. And he'd also be a great leader um, as well for the club. Um, I think he, he, he sort of plays like a, a third half sometimes, especially in the role they've put him in this year where he sort of moves into that roaming lock role while either Tom Starling or Havili comes on. Uh, he's been fantastic. So I think that he'd be great at, at uh, the Redcliffe Dolphins. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, There were talks earlier this year that he'd be going to Brisbane. I think it's still a possibility, but Canberra seems to be a bit more stable than they were during the year. Obviously they missed out on the finals due to that middle patch of the season, but, um, you know, he'll be fit and firing and ready to go in 2022 for the Canberra side. The end of the year is a bit different. Uh, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that he maybe goes back to England um, at the end of this contract. But, yeah, would be a great signing for the expansion side, I think, as well. He's one of the class hookers. He's consistently been one of the better hookers in the game for the past 10 years or so, ever since he's gotten to the NRL realistically. So um, I think he'd be a great sign.
0: Yeah, no, I can totally agree with that. Moving on to the back row, um, hasn't obviously played a lot of footy this season, but I've got Ben Teo here. Uh, He obviously has a shitload of experience um, in the NRL, playing a lot of games for Brisbane and for South as well. Um, What are your thoughts on Ben Teo?
1: Well, with Ben Teo, I think there's a good chance he might be retired by this point, so it might not happen. But Mm. as I said, we're going off with what we've got. Uh, here and now, and he's not at the moment. So, yeah, Ben Teo, I, I don't think he's necessarily set the world alight since coming back to the NRL, but the biggest thing I can say for him is what you've already said. It's that experience he brings, and you're going to be getting that experience cheap because he's not going to be demanding too big a contract, or if he is, he's insane.
0: Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And the other guy I've got here... Um, he's a good filling. I do think his best position would have to be um, centre, which he did play at the start of his career. He's played a lot of positions like five, eight, uh lock even. Um, he can even play a bit of hooker. I've got Tyrone Peachy here in the other second row position. Um, honestly, you'd have just chucked him anywhere in this side and he would have played a decent one. What are your thoughts on Tyrone Peachy?
1: Uh, I like the side of Peachy. I'm not too sure about second row just because he is small for a second rower um i feel like he would not really be playing the traditional uh second row role so i, I don't necessarily think he fits in there but he does fit into the side he can travel him at lock, 14 centers he's been playing at six for the titans as well could probably go right at fullback so in terms of his versatility and if he did have to go out and have a stint uh at second row he'd give it a red hot crack so i do like the sighting of peachy yeah
0: yeah um and the lock forward I do have uh, just with the locks that were off contract. Uh, I think he's quite young as well. I'm not too sure. Um, he was a pick-up from the Tigers, I believe it was. Uh, he's at the Titans now. Sam McIntyre. I do I do like what I see from Sam McIntyre at the moment. He's been playing really well um, in the forwards, coming off the bench um, for the Titans. I think he'd be a good signing as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. In that game against Melbourne this year, where both teams were absolutely decimated by origin selection. Uh, Melbourne still had a, a, a great side out there, which is a testament to their depth, but the Titans nearly beat them. And I was a bit worried about the forward pack because Melbourne still realistically had a near full-strength forward pack and the Titans forwards is where they lost most of their players. But you, you see McIntyre, for example, came in, uh, Jamin Jolliffe, etc., cetera, both for all, and they all played really well and they all sort of stepped up to the mark. And um, Sam McIntyre was one of those guys, uh, a junior Kiwi as well. So I like the sighting of McIntyre, and I think he's got a big future ahead of him.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I personally would love to see him uh, at this expansion side. I reckon he'd play really good. Um, onto the bench now at number 14. Um, honestly, uh, he could play in the halves. You could even chuck him on at hooker in the last 20 minutes. He's at the Warriors at the moment. Um, at halfback, he's played some really good footy for the Warriors this year. I've got Sean O'Sullivan. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, well, at Brisbane, Sean O'Sullivan was originally, I believe, ahead of uh, Tom Dearden in the pecking order in uh, sort of that 2019-20 spare, really, uh, 2020, uh, came from the Roosters, I believe. And, yeah, he was ahead of Tom Dearden in the pecking order. He was going to be the first cab off the rake um, if one of the halves were to get injured if Milford or... Well, Croft was to get injured or be dropped from the side. But I believe he did his ACL before the season started. And that actually opened the door for Tom Dean to be able to come in and play like he did. Tom Dean's actually just won the other week for the Cowboys, his first ever game in the NRL. But he obviously showed that promise at Brisbane as well. Um, so it could have been a completely different story for Sean O'Sullivan. And it could have been a completely different story for the Broncos. He might have been the answer to the Broncos' halves woes, and maybe they don't finish last in 2020. Maybe they finish a bit better. But uh, what's happened, happened, and he's gone to the Warriors. I thought he was a bit off when he first debuted for the Warriors this year, when he first came into the side. Uh, Didn't really know his place, wasn't getting too involved, but as he got more comfortable in first grade, he sort of... um, You know, his confidence grew a bit and that really showed. And I think he's been class with the Warriors when he's been playing this year. It's actually been a bit of a detriment when he's been partnered with a guy like Chad Townsend, for example, who has had a bit of an off-season. I've raved and ranted about how underrated Chad Townsend's been for years. But this year, he's just had a bit of an off-season. But, um, yeah, O'Sullivan's been able to come in and have that impact after sort of finding his feet a bit. And I think he's he's going to be a quality half for years to come.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I think it'd be fantastic. And I think it, whether it's off the bench or even starting uh, over Lachlan Lewis, I reckon it'd be fantastic. Um, another, I've got a forward on the bench now as well. I've got Dylan Napa. Um, he hasn't played his best footy for the Bulldogs, I'd have to say. He was really good at the Roosters. I think going to the Bulldogs, uh, uh, he, uh, he just lost a bit of his form. Uh, and that's just uh, sugar... Uh, yeah, I I don't even know what to say. I think I think he's a great player, and I think going to a new club would definitely um, he'd play a better brand of footy. Um, what are your thoughts on on Napa?
1: Yeah, so I'm hearing with Napa that he might actually, funny enough, for talking about Brisbane, might actually be off to the Broncos next year. Apparently, Kevin Walters' two top targets, at least for the fours, they want another four tie to either go with Payne Haas, or uh, be a bit of a. Uh, a bench impact player with that NRL experience over Napa or Ryan James. Uh, So with Napa, I I still think he's got it in him to rekindle his form in a good side. He's going to need other good players around him. A a lot of people seem to forget, you know, because he's been around for so long. He's still in his 20s. He's still in his late 20s. So he still has a few years left in him. Um, So he could uh, prove, again, not too expensive, uh, but a bit of a bargain buy
0: for an expansion side. Yeah, no, I reckon, yeah, Dylan Napa. if he did go, he'd go relatively cheap. I reckon he'd be quite good um, for this expansion side. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just think he's a great player. And uh, a new side, I reckon he could unlock a bit more um, in his game. A lock forward that I've got on the bench here. He hasn't played much footy as well um, this season. Uh, Cronulla Sharks player Billy Magulius. Um I think he's 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 quite good um for the sharks when he does play um obviously yeah as I said he hasn't played much footy this season but I think going to a new club he'd be all right uh coming off the bench what are your thoughts on Magulius?
1: Yeah, I've always loved watching Magulius play when he has played for whatever reason John Morris never really gave him the chance and when he was playing him it was it was for crap minutes every game mm. like like. We're talking 10 minutes here, not really getting the opportunity to do stuff. But yeah, in the odd chances where he has had minutes to play and where when he has started games, he's actually looked really good and at times looked like he should be starting in that cronulla Shaft side at the 13, but for whatever reason has not. Uh, I think a move away for him would be great. He, he's still got all the potential in the world. He, he still has that aforementioned talent, and I watched him play a fair bit for the Newtown Jets as well. Um, he's, been, he's been great for them when he's played. So, yeah, I, I think this would be a great sign. He'd just get Billy Magulius out of Cronulla, really, because I think that's the that's definitely what he needs to give his career a bit of a boost.
0: Yeah, no, I can definitely agree with that. Um, he definitely needs to get out of Cronulla. I think... yeah. Giving him more minutes would definitely show the player that he is. Um, and I think that he could have the opportunity at the Redcliffe Dolphins if they do come into the competition. The last player I've got here is a hooker originally, but we have seen him come into the, and play in the forwards a bit for the Bulldogs this season. Um, I think he'd be good as like a roaming lock sort of uh, player. Um, he's, quite, he's really good um, in my opinion. He he um he's been playing really good since he moved to the Bulldogs and that's Sione Katoa and we're not talking about the Cronulla Sharks Sione Katoa obviously we're talking about the Bulldogs one. Uh, he's a he's a great player personally I really like watching him play, um especially when he's starting at hooker. Um, he's a, just a really creative dummy half in my opinion. What what are your thoughts on on Sione Katoa? Yeah, well Katoa's actually one of the
1: players that the Bulldogs are letting go at the end of this year. So he is available yeah. to clubs that want him. I can't see him getting a starting role anywhere else. Uh, he showed glimpses. I remember really watching him closely at Penrith, and he was starting when I personally thought Wade Egan should be. And it's continued. Poor bugger during his time at the Warriors. Quite injury prone. So Sione Katoa. Yeah, he, he, he's still got... The potential again. I wouldn't be starting him in any side right now, but he's he's still got a future if he puts the work in, and I think possibly off the bench. Yeah, um, it is interesting though that you've put um, O'Sullivan and Catella on the bench. Obviously, Katella can play as you said, play a, bit, a few minutes, like, as, as a forward. Um, but we were bringing up the Melbourne Storm before, and it's funny because this is a system that Melbourne have used at times throughout 2020 and 2021, actually playing two backs. Well, sorry, a hooker's not a back, but a hooker is, Yeah, you know, they're more, they're more akin to um, to playing at hooker or in the halves, for example, or uh, yeah. as a back, realistically, um, But it, unless your name's Brandon Smith, when you can really play anywhere in the forwards and at hooker. <laughs> yeah, but, totally. You know, yeah. But that's that sort of a system that Melbourne's implemented has worked for them. Um, I think even in the grand final last year, well, no, it's really been this year, I should say, because they've had Harry Grant coming off the bench and at times also Nico Hines with two forwards mm. and it's worked for them. So uh, it's an interesting take, a little bit of a risky take. I don't think every team could do it. But as you said, Katoa can play as a bit of a forward as well. So uh, that could work there, yeah. Well,
0: yeah, well, that's uh, my side. I'm going to quickly go through it for people who might have forgot. Um, so, fullback, we've got Corey Norman. Wingers are George Tafua and Blake Ferguson. Centres are Dylan Walker and Moses Sully. Uh, the halves are Cameron Munster and Lachlan Lewis. In the front row is Aaron Woods and Mark Nichols. Hooker is Josh Hodgson. S- uh, second row is a Tyrone Peachy and Ben Teo. Locke is Sam McIntyre, and your Benji is Sean O'Sullivan, Dylan Napa, Billy Magulius, and Sione Katoa. I actually think it's a really good side. Um especially giving them a year i think um i thought i was, I was talking to the other week um, but there was a similar situation in the afl i think it was where a new side came in and they gave them a bit more money um just to roam three and and spend a bit more um to just to build up their their side um that, that could definitely work here but the side i've got now even is is pretty good and i think that'd be relatively um easy to slip into the salary cap we've got um currently Um, but yeah that's my side Um, thanks for hopping on mate it was a great chat well that's all we have time for for today I recommend this podcast to a friend and I'll see you guys in the next one